hey, it's big and white. From the future. <laughs> uh, we just wanted to give a shout out to our amazing new patron. We are going to call him Payless. <laughs> or Google Translate said Payless. <laughs> Thank you so much, Payless. Yes, um, it means hairy in Latin. <laughs> we wanted a name appropriate for a street dog because this new patron is a street dog level patron. If you don't know what that means, visit our Patreon page. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bayless, you're the best. You rock. Thanks, bro. Bye. Hi, I'm Big. And I'm White. And together, we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, what are we talking about today, White? Well, today is actually part two of our healthy expatting episode. Ooh, way to turn that into a verb. I oh, like it. Oh, yeah. Linguist powers. Yeah, so today we are getting a little bit deeper in our topics and getting a little more serious about talking about staying healthy overseas. But first, a word from a sponsor. Are you planning on moving overseas? Or just living as a human? We have many struggles in our lives. And we know that you do too. Have you considered... Coping mechanisms? We would like to share a few of our favorite coping mechanisms with you today. Such as... Netflix. Yep. Drinking. Yes. Staying up too late. Every time. Plants. That's... You're the one who does that. <clears throat> Painting nails. Also you, obsessively. Compost worms. Mystery third friend. Buying clothes. Also known as shopping therapy. Obsessively listening to podcasts. I mean, who wants to be alone with their thoughts, right? YouTube videos. Same. Not answering certain phone calls. Yeah. Staying inside all day. Hi, Saturday. Cheese. My love of my life. Instagram. Looking at nice things. Dating apps. Looking at more nice things. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter. Books, movies, podcasts, third-person RPGs. Books. All of them. Planning out entire life that probably won't happen? Yeah, you so do that. Not planning at all? That's more my style. Hissing in response to questions? <laughs> Creating a podcast? Uh, Creating podcast material every day? Uh, Telling your podcast host every single thought? This is sitting real close to home. Viewing life as nothing more than podcast material? Okay, maybe move on now. Planning out things to buy on Amazon and then who can bring them? Thank you, friends. Planning out Christmas cocktails months in advance? <laughs> yeah, um, we'll be drinking hot toddies, cinnamon bourbon cocktails, mulled wine, eggnog. Knitting? Until your fingers hurt. Cross-stitching? While watching Netflix. Going to the gym? I do that during work hours. <laughs> Coffee? Always. Oreos and or digestive biscuits? You are disgusting. Bad vampire novels? Also disgusting. <laughs> Teen fiction in general? Of all genres, yeah, I can accept that. Ordering food delivery? And convincing yourself it's healthy and a good idea. So ask yourself today if coping mechanisms are right for you. Until you know how coping mechanisms affect you, do not drive or operate heavy machinery. Unless operating heavy machinery is one of your coping mechanisms. 
Side effects may include hangovers, finger cramps, beefy muscles, flabby guts, emotional roller coasters, actual roller coasters, extremely full calendars, extremely empty calendars, ennui, malay, existential crises, codependent relationships, phone addictions, and beautiful toenails or fingernails. These coping mechanisms are not endorsed by Big and White of Big and White Productions. They have not been tested for home use, nor are they recommended by a physician, dentist, naturopath, therapist, food delivery guys, dog trainers, or the people who actually are committing these acts. Before engaging in any of these behaviors, please consult a medical professional. Um, yeah, so that was a word from our sponsor. Thanks so much for supporting this podcast. Uh, we both use coping mechanisms, and we really enjoy them. Yeah, nothing bad has happened to me since using coping mechanisms, <laughs> but not many good things either. I feel like on average, it's more positive than negative for me. I mean, you just have yeah. to deal with the negative consequences, yeah. but... It, I mean, we did it. create a pretty freaking awesome podcast as a result of these coping mechanisms. So, hey, all right, you want to jump into it? I do. So, uh, last week we talked a little bit about some ways that you can stay healthy when, I mean, just in general as a human, but also specifically when you move overseas, I think you need to be more intentional about doing things to stay healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, are there other ways? Intellectually. <laughs> Can you be healthy intellectually? Anyway, so this week we're going to go a little bit deeper and talk about more ways that we have found have helped us be healthy and there are probably also ways where we could improve and are aiming in that direction. So the first one that we want to talk about right now is making sure that you have friends and community. This is so important. Yeah, I'm trying to preach that to myself, and I am not doing a great job right now, to be honest. I mean, you have one friend. <laughs> Me. <laughs> but yeah, um, White wrote some tips out for us. Would you like to read those? Basically, leave your house it's hard. I know. I have weekends where like I don't unlock the top bolt of my door until I go back out to work on Monday morning. And sometimes that's necessary. And sometimes it's just an unhealthy coping mechanisms where I shut myself off. Um, so with that, my tips say things like just freaking go to work. Just freaking buy your vegetables. Just freaking leave your house. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. I think even though I'm I'm kind of in between introvert and extrovert, so I seem extroverted, but I really need my introvert time. But the problem is that sometimes I indulge in introvert time too much where I think, oh, I, you know, I really need this. I'm going to stay inside all weekend. And then Monday comes and I don't feel good. Yeah. Like I, I do. We're humans and we need to engage with people. So having a good community uh, is super important. And that also includes connecting with people back home. I mean, there's I have 12 homes now, so however. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nepal is home, also America's home. Yep. But connecting with people from your home country is really important. But you also can't do that too much. Like, I feel like I have really made it a point. It's almost like a hobby of mine to stay connected with my friends from the U.S. and other countries. And I'm really glad about that, but I also see a tendency in myself to let that take over too much of my relational energy. And so 
instead of actually having friends that are physically in the place where I live, then I spend a lot of energy connecting with people back home. So, yeah, I mean, it's really about balancing your investment and trying to figure out, you know, not going too far one way or the other, not just like moving away from your home country and just cutting off everything back home. Because there's something important about your home and your people that have known you since you were like five years old. You can't replicate those relationships. Yeah. I think something really important with this is just be honest with yourself, like be self-aware about what is happening with your brain as you're interacting with people too. Mm. Like I remember when I first moved here and I was doing intensive full-time language learning and my language teacher would come to my house and I remember like Skyping with my mom in the morning and like getting into the American mindset and then my teacher would get there immediately after And I just couldn't switch my brain back over to, like, thinking in Nepali and, like, being present here. And so I ended up having to decide to not Skype people in the mornings before I went to work or something like that because it was just too hard to compartmentalize those parts of my life. That's so interesting. And so I think some people might struggle with that more than others. And that might be a coping mechanism, too, to, like, only talk to people at home when you're uncomfortable in a new environment or... So, yeah, just be honest with yourself and do what you need to do. Even if it's not easy. I yeah. think that's the key. Yeah, and I think we have this amazing privilege of having really good communication technology. I mean, even five years ago, most people here didn't have smartphones, and now we can all video chat with each other, and it's really, really a privilege to be able to stay connected with people. But at the same time, I think there is kind of a detriment of you are never fully invested in either world that you live in. So you kind of have like one foot in each place, and it's a challenge. But yeah, like you yeah. said, you just got to move forward and figure out what is healthy. Yeah. For you and the people around you. Right. Can't be too selfish. True. That's a good, like that should just be a point in itself. (laughs) Don't Don't be be selfish. selfish. (laughs) Tips from Big and White. Another thing that is really important that kind of goes along with that whole, like, I don't know, just being aware of how things make you feel and what you need. And that is have some margin, dude. Don't be a workaholic. Yeah. I, you probably need more margin than you actually think you do. Definitely. I have no like, since moving here, I've needed a lot more um, just free, unscheduled time in mm-hmm. my life. And at first I thought, oh, it's because I'm weak. It's because I'm, you know, not a motivated enough person or something. But I think living in a different culture than your own is more exhausting. Yeah. And it helps to have a little bit more rest. Yeah. So this goes back to the last episode when we talked about being creative and having a hobby and not feeling bad about taking the time to do any of those things. Right. Especially, I think, when we when you do the kind of work that we do, which is like nonprofit work, so it's very idealistic, I think it's easy for people to kind of turn that into their whole life and their whole identity. You know, it's like the reason I'm in Nepal is to do nonprofity things and save the world and Every minute that I'm not doing that is a waste of time or something, and that is totally not true. I'm looking at you, workaholics. You know who you are. Calm yourself. Next, 
our advice to you is let it be hard. It's okay. It's going to be difficult. Like human life in general is difficult, yo. And you live somewhere that takes a lot more of your mental and emotional energy. Or if you live overseas, then that happens. Um, (laughs) But yeah, and it's going to be difficult. And you're going to have different expectations when you move to a different country that are likely not going to be met. And... That's going to take more emotional energy to sort through that and to actually live through the expect or live through like the reality of what your life actually is now. I've said actually a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Another one of our coping mechanisms is the word actually. Actually, (laughs) like. But yeah, I think. Again, going back to the idea of, especially if you work for a nonprofit, you probably have a very idealistic idea of what your life will be like when you move overseas. Or even if you don't work for a nonprofit, maybe you just feel like, you know, I'm going to a new place. My life's going to change for the better. It's going to be amazing. And then when it doesn't meet those expectations, sometimes that can be really crushing. So just being open to, hey, it's okay if this didn't totally change my life the way I thought it would, or... It's okay if I need to take a weekend off and just do all my coping mechanisms. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, the coping mechanisms. Yeah, not recommended to do them all at once. <laughs> um, but I think one thing that I've really learned, and I'm especially coming into this right now, is that it's okay to sometimes really be challenged and be growing and be learning and becoming a better person in lots of different parts of your life. I mean, for me, this is definitely true with my spiritual life. I've talked a little bit before on this podcast about how I don't feel like I fit the normal stereotype of what a Christian is. And my perspective on religion has changed a lot in the last few years. And so when I first moved here, I was going through that whole process and I was like being challenged all the time and I was reading these books and I was meeting with people to talk about it and it was really good and it was really exhausting. (laughs) And now I've reached a point where I'm able to be a bit more stable and I don't want to stay in this place that I'm in forever by any means, but I think what I need right now is just some time to coast, like have a little plateau on my graph and (laughs) that's okay. I think you don't always have to be becoming the best version of yourself you can be. I mean, obviously you want to keep improving, but you don't want to be mad at yourself for not being at a hundred percent effort every single moment. Absolutely. And it's good to remember that everything that you go through is going to be used in some way, like nothing no part of your experience, whether good or bad or boring or whatever, it's not wasted. It's going to be used later on. Yeah, that is so true. Even if it doesn't feel purposeful in the moment. I like that. This next one is my most favorite coping mechanism that I think that you should develop as well. I don't even know if I would call it a coping mechanism. Oh, it totally is. I feel like it's just good. Is there like a negative? Yes. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) Explain. Okay. So the next point is develop your sense of humor. 
which obviously we've been developing in this podcast. And I feel like I've leaned a lot more on my sense of humor since coming here. Mm. Like, I feel like I need it a lot more. But it's always been a coping mechanism. And it can be negative in that there maybe is like a super serious conversation that's happening. (laughs) And like my instant reaction is like, make a joke, make it lighter. Like, you know, and if you have that ability, then that's great. But you shouldn't always use that power because sometimes you need to let it be difficult. But for the most part, you should learn to laugh and, yeah, bring humor out of any situation. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like one thing that has been an interesting experience for me moving overseas is, like, meeting people from different cultures. And in (laughs) my home microculture, like, laughing at something does not in any way make it less important. In fact, it might make it more important. So if something is very serious, you can still laugh at it. But I have learned that that's not true for everyone. So I this has backfired on me, actually, now that you say it. I'm like, you know, something is important. And I'm like, well, I'm going to make everyone feel better about this very serious thing by making a joke. And then the other person's reaction is, oh, you don't even care. Like, you don't even think this matters. And I'm like, oh, no, I was trying to do the opposite. I'm so sorry. Overall, I try and follow my mom's advice that I heard many times growing up, which is laugh so you don't cry. And uh, that works. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really works. And I just like to give a shout out to Mel Brooks right now for helping oh me with gosh. this. <laughs> that uh, type of humor is just yep. can't be beat. And if you like need some humor, then you should watch a New Zealand movie. Yeah. Because they're the best. And if you don't like them, well, I question your sense of humor. I'm sorry, <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> um, two amazing recommendations that we have. One is Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm. It's heartwarming and hilarious and understated and awkward in the best way. That's us. <laughs> I think, anyway. What's your New Zealand movie recommendation? My recommendation is What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) It is really amazing. I recently uh, made Big watch it last week, and we also watched it with another friend who I really hope is listening to this because it (laughs) cracked me up so much. It was like, oh, what did you think of the movie? He said, it was interesting and humorous (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's not everyone's style but we loved it so highly recommended (laughs) i mean on like mentally i know that people have different senses of humor and i'm like fine with that but then when it comes down to it i'm like i don't understand i'm just i get judgy i'm like oh you don't like this well i guess you're not as good of a person as i thought The teenage boy gutter humor. I don't understand why you don't think that's funny. I mean, they're all farting. Why aren't you laughing? (laughs) I've often said my sense of humor is like a baby where like they're actually laughing because it surprised them and it was a little bit scary. So they just laugh automatically, which is why I love Mel Brooks movies and ones like that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love it so much. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a great segue into this super serious topic. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I think part of laughter, you know, you were saying laugh so you don't cry, but laughing is another way to be vulnerable. 
It's different than crying. Truth. But it is vulnerability. I often laugh while I'm crying. Come to think of it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. Really? I've laughed until I cried. Oh, man. I don't think I've come I laugh because cried. I'm, like, crying. Like, I was getting stitches at the hospital here, and then I was, like, so stressed out. Not stressed out, but, you know, you reach the emotional overload, and so therefore you're crying. And, yeah. And I was like... Because, <laughs> you know, I was like... Because you're, if you're like fully present when you're crying, you're like, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable because I'm crying. Like, I'm fine. I just don't have control over my tear ducts. Like, everything's fine. I I'm see. crying. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> it's like an indicator for other people that you're okay. Yeah. Interesting. I guess so. <laughs> Never thought about it, but yeah. Oh, mixed up emotions. Hey, you're I'm to hear first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of being vulnerable, one of our really, really important tips for you guys is be vulnerable. Yes. And let the people around you be vulnerable. Yep. I feel like for me, I like those two things go together. So if you are vulnerable intentionally, then people around you will feel comfortable with being vulnerable, right? Like, have you ever been in that situation where you're hanging out with someone and they just seem like perfect and their life seems so easy and you like don't want to admit that you have problems because you just feel stupid? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I feel like I'm going back to my like spiritual crisis thing. When I first started that process, I made an intentional decision. I was like, I am going to talk about this because I had never in my life up to that point really met someone who had gone through something similar. Or if I had, they didn't tell me. Yeah. I didn't know that other people were having this experience. So for me, I don't know. I just really appreciate it when people are, are vulnerable and it doesn't make me respect them any less when they share their weaknesses. You know, it makes me respect them more, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to incorporate this into my life for quite a while. Like when I became a Christian when I was in college, that was like the first thing that I decided to do with being a believer was that I was going to show how imperfect I was. Because before I was a believer, I saw these people and I like didn't like Christianity because I thought that everybody was just hypocrites. Mm. So I was like, I know you're not perfect, but you're like pretending that you have this perfect life. And so when I became a believer, I was like, no, I'm going to show people that I have flaws and that I'm struggling. And sometimes that's easier than other times, but Mm -hmm. it always gets rewarded, I think. Like, it's hard if you're in a group of people and you're like, nobody else is sharing. And I just have this horrible ball of nastiness in me Mm -hmm. and I want to share it. But, like, I don't want to get, like, rejected or, you know, something like that. that, And always people are like, oh, my gosh, I also suck at this part of life. You're like, yes. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. (laughs) It does. It really deepens your relationships. I like Jordan Peterson talks about that, like, um. He says, just always tell the truth, like speak in Mm -hmm. truth. And even if in the short term it feels hard or like it's not rewarding, it always is rewarding in the long term, you know? And I really like that. I think that's very true. Yeah. So with not presenting yourself as a perfect person all the time, um, we had another recommendation of when you're interacting with like Nepalis or the, any of the 
um, national people in a country that you might live in, um, it's easy to feel like you've come to help with this industry or, you know, like for us, we're working in language development and, you know, you want to like use all of your strengths to help this community of people. But it's also important to not assume that you are there to fix people. Yes. You are not this perfect person. I think we've already established that. We're definitely not. Humility. (laughs) Um, So be vulnerable with local people as well and allow yourself to get poured into from them and learn some really amazing things from them and different cultures that you get to be among. Mm -hmm. And they'll respect you more for it and you'll build your relationship. That'll be great. Speaking of being vulnerable, I'm going to make fun of you for your accent. (laughs) What did I say? You say vulnerable. Vulnerable? Vulnerable. Vulnerable? I don't. Yes, you just did. I wouldn't. Say it. Vulnerable. Yeah. Where's the L? Vulnerable. Vulnerable? Yeah, it's a slavic L. It doesn't have to be. There's an L in the spelling. So what? There's lots of N's that you, I mean, K's that you don't pronounce. Here's another one in my coping mechanisms, you guys. Making fun of my friend's accents. <laughs> because I'm insecure about mine. <laughs> That's why you need linguist friends, though. Because we're like, so what? It doesn't matter. That's right. So, like I said before, we are descriptive linguists. Which means we don't yell at you for doing it wrong. We just observe and are excited about what you actually do. But with other linguists, you get to be real judgmental because you know that they're not going to take your crap. Exactly. I know you'll push back on me. <laughs> hey, what are you doing, Arkansas? I'm doing my Arkansas dialect. Don't yeah. judge me. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know how to transition into this. But the next thing that we have on our list of ways to stay healthy when living overseas is ask for help. Woo! Cue something like a game show music Ooh. for winning or something. I'll put in something really good in post. <laughs> I am a huge proponent of asking for help, even though it is not easy often. So for a well, actually, it hasn't been that long, but for a few weeks, actually, I have been seeing a therapist here in Kathmandu. Yeah, which is something that I wasn't super excited about. (laughs) It's hard. I feel like with therapy, I'm always really encouraging to other people. I'm like, yeah, you should try therapy. But I don't want to do it myself. Yep. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of friends who live overseas, and they are dealing with different things. And... um are seeing therapists and I always thought that was super awesome that they were willing to do that because it's hard hard to be that vulnerable so yeah with all that said it's totally worth it like if you live overseas or if you live well if you live anywhere if you are a living human I just think it's really amazing to be able to talk to somebody And there are a lot of different ways of being able to do that. Some of my friends do Skype calls with their counselors because they don't have people within their cities um, they can meet with physically. 
Um, for me, I am super thankful that I live somewhere with a lot of resources here within the city. So yeah. And I guess just let yourself be present in that and just be honest with what you need. I think for people living overseas, especially if you're working for like nonprofit or something like that, it's easy to be afraid that if you admit that you're struggling with something, then, you know, somebody at your company back in your home country is going to say, oh, well, she's not doing well. Therefore, we need to send her back to her home country and she can have counseling here and then she can go back to Nepal or something. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lo- that from a lot of different people. And I definitely was kind of worried about that, too. Like, oh, I'm depressed. I hope they're not going to send me back to America if I actually admit it. I know. That's what sometimes I almost feel like we're, like, too well supported. Yeah. Like, everyone's so concerned that we're healthy that it's, like, if you admit to any problems that you have, they're like, oh, should you go home? Oh, right. We need to fix it. Oh, everything should change. I'm like, no, I need as many variables to stay the same as possible yeah. so that I can cope with this yeah. like, other specific thing. Yeah. There's so many people that are invested in your welfare here, which is awesome. It is really amazing. We're so lucky. Sometimes you just need time to actually figure out what's going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Before you make like, any big life changes. Yeah. Like I'm actually a proponent of being lonely and miserable for a while and not making that a judgment of yourself and like just instantly trying to fix it. Yeah, that is really true. Kind of like, well, we talked a little bit about this, like, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. To like sit with that for a while and figure out what the actual problem is before you just do something really dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that was really difficult because like we talked about, we're, we're both very passionate about being honest with where we are in life and And I thought that I was doing pretty well with that. And, you know, I would, like, become aware of some problem. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to fix it now. And then once I became aware of it, it was easy to fix and therefore easy to share because I was already like, I've already made a change and things are getting better. Yeah. But if you're struggling with depression and anxiety, then they're freaking sneaky. And you're like, I'm doing great. I don't need to meet with my therapist this week. And then a day later, you're like, oh, I feel terrible. I'm doing horrible at life. So, yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. I don't know if I've talked about this, but in Western culture or more individualistic cultures, people tend to focus more on the positive, whereas in communal cultures – or like um, high context cultures, people tend to be more okay with sitting with negative things. So yeah, I I find this concept so interesting because you can see it. I mean, you can see it in our movies. You can see it in the way people talk about how they're doing. Like, how are you? I'm good, you know? Or Mm -hmm. even if you share something like difficult, then you still want to end it with, but here's how I'm fixing it. Right. Here's why it's going to be okay. And in Nepali culture, that's not true at all. People are so good about just sitting with, like, yeah, man, this is really sucky. And then the other person gets to be like, yes, it is. Wow. And I Never think thought about that. there's a lot of benefits to that. There are some problems with it, too. It means that maybe you're less likely to take initiative to make change for the better. But I do think that we could learn a little bit from that in Western culture. It's not trying to put a shiny, polished face on things Mm -hmm. and just kind of accept that things are broken sometimes and it's not always going to be all, you know, unicorn farts. 
Thank heavens for that. <laughs> I just can't live in a world of unicorn farts. <laughs> oh, and then on the other side of asking for help is helping other people when they ask. This I, is for sure something that I want to improve on. I think I used to do this really well in the U.S. And then I moved to Nepal and I was like, no, I have to take care of myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, are you sick? Oh, that's a bummer. Can you, can I do anything for you? Secretly hoping you'll say no. (laughs) Yeah, but I think, you know, part of being in a community means that when you're in a good place, you help people who aren't in a good place. And when they're feeling better, then they can help you. Um, A couple weeks ago, I was meeting with this group of friends and I did not want to go. I had had therapy that day and then I went straight from therapy to work and worked eight hours and was just like really emotionally tired and, and I didn't want to hang out with these people and I wouldn't have gone and hung out with them except for the fact that they were coming to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Can't escape. <laughs> just leave the door unlocked and go somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> And um, usually for this group, there would be like 15 people that would come. And I was like, oh, you know, I like I feel like I need to share all this crap that's going on with me. But I don't have the energy to be vulnerable with a group of 15 people. That's it's just too much. Mm-hmm. And um, it ended up being that night that only five people, including myself, were there. And it was all like people that I'm close to and really respect. And um, we were going around doing, like, prayer requests, I think. So I ended up just being like, okay, fine. I'm going to tell them, oh, I'm meeting with a counselor. I'm struggling with depression and this stuff. And everybody had something, like, to input. And then they were like, man, I've suffered with that, too. And, you know, it's nine times more likely, apparently, that people living outside of their home culture are going to suffer with these kind of illnesses and oh. um and everybody's at a different stage, but everybody was suffering with something, you know, just overworked or whatever. And I had so much unexpected energy mm. after that meeting. Like, yeah, I just felt like for months, I felt like I hadn't been able to really pour into anybody else because I was so focused inward because just living took so much energy. Yeah. And just during that night, I just felt so amazing all of a sudden, like, ah, oh, just such a weight. And I was able to pray for everybody. And it was like, I knew exactly what everybody needed to be prayed for. And it just felt perfect after that. So I was like, ah, oh. so yeah, sometimes you can't help people and you need to learn how to accept help. And then at the times where you can help people, which is probably more often than you think that you can, do it. That's so true. I often, like when I do end up helping someone, like you said, I feel better, not worse after. Like, oh, (laughs) it's secretly good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one other thing that we wanted to talk about that has kind of been coming up a lot for us recently is keeping your perspective in check. So we've both lived here for long enough now that we've gotten past the honeymoon stage. And I think it's really easy to do this. I mean, when you live overseas, but really in anything in your life to just become jaded, you know, like when things don't meet your expectations or you personally don't meet your own expectations, then you start to adjust your expectations lower and lower and lower. 
And it's easy to become jaded and lose your sense of wonder and your sense of excitement and optimism and hope. But we both have been trying to not do that. (laughs) And we want to encourage you guys to not do that as well. I was reading an article on an online magazine kind of thing. We'll link to it. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about how people that have worked overseas for a long time, right? Like Big just said, it's easy to think that the way that you do things is just the way that it has to be. Like maybe you came with all these ideals of what life was going to be. And now, you know, you're just struggling to do your daily work and that's how it is supposed to be or, you know, that's how it must be. And then these new people come (sighs) and they're like, so idealistic that you're like freaking <laughs> calm down like <laughs> don't want to hear your hopes and you dreams. don't even know how hard you're gonna fall <laughs> and so in this article they were talking about how how easy that is to do when you talk to new people and how you shouldn't do that <laughs> because you need people that are coming in with energy and um, a big vision because if you're going to work overseas then you need a vision for why you're actually here you need something that you're working towards and so don't try to make them see the world in a more realistic light let them go for it and often I mean people are capable of some really amazing things like we've seen we have lots of friends who have started organizations here or you know have done some like really important things things that i would think are too hard or even impossible yeah so don't shoot people down let them go let them encourage let them them bring you up yeah 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 so i think for me my summary of all of this is balance is key do what you need to do but also help other people and Strive to be healthy, but don't push yourself too far. And be realistic, but also have optimism. Yeah. You can continue to strive for balance, even though it is a end point that is always getting farther away. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's one of those things, like life is one of those things that the more you know about it, then the more you realize you need to know. Yeah, it's true. Welcome it's a moving to adulthood. Target. Welcome to adulthood. <laughs> well, we hope that you guys enjoyed hearing us talk about this. Um, these are a lot of things that we've been thinking about and processing and learning over the last years of having such a crazy experience of moving to a new place and being forced to really examine ourselves and figure out what it means to be healthy so that we can sort of pour back out into the world around us and do our jobs and be good friends. But yeah, we would really love to hear from you guys. Uh, If you have any thoughts about some of the things that we said, or if you have any ideas that we didn't mention, any coping mechanisms that weren't on our list, (laughs) um, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. We also have the social medias, Instagram and Facebook, and we are on all your favorite podcast apps. 
Which you probably already know because you're listening to this somehow. I don't know. One of my friends said she just Googles it and then <laughs> listens to it from a browser somehow. <laughs> yeah, it works too. But yeah, I mean, whatever floats your boat, man. Um, but yeah, we love, love, love hearing from you guys. And um, yep. And uh, I keep saying and um, yep. <laughs> and um, yep. And um, yep. But yeah, we love hearing from you guys. <laughs> Win it with the conjunctions. I know. <laughs> no, it's impossible not to. It is. We love hearing from you guys. Oh, and you should check out our Patreon because we think we're so clever and we made it really funny. And if you support us, you're going to get a really cool thank you bonus video. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. And if you donate... At certain levels, we have gifts for you. Gifts and prizes, gifts and prizes. <laughs> also, please remember the big and white secret. Don't be afraid to share an episode with friends or share in your social media. We would love that. Um, just don't link it to any of our personal accounts or use our actual names. Word up. Thanks, you guys, for listening. You rock. Okay. Let's hang up now. Okay. 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 Bye. Okay. 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 Okay.